Hello, my name is Scott Cameron. This is The Joys of Teaching Literature. If you want to know more about me, I offer online professional development for high school English teachers. I'm a high school English teacher myself. My website is theteachersworkshop.com. This week, the topic is looking for jobs, the interview process, and you know, issues that are specific for people who are looking for English teacher jobs. So this is called Three Tips for a Successful English Language Arts Teaching Interview and Job Hunt. July is here, and its arrival makes me think of all those future teachers out there stalking job websites and submitting online applications. <laughs> I remember how long that took. It's a wild time to think about stepping into your very own classroom for the first time. Looking for a job can be exciting, but also very, very stressful. Uh, I remember... Uh, my first job actually I was in I went to get my master's in, in English not in education and I uh, actually it was this is good to know too I got an email it was an email that was sent out to everybody in the program the master's in English program because it was a private school so obviously you wouldn't need a uh, teaching um, certificate from the, from the you know from the state government because it was a private school uh, so I responded to that email and, and got invited in for for an interview um, but the first thing they said is, hey, teach, why don't you come and teach a class? I, I think I had a short interview first where I just met the principal and the head of the English department. And that was kind of their follow-up to, the, to that conversation was, hey, come in and teach. And I just thought, wait, what? <laughs> you know, like, teach a class? I don't know why I was so surprised. You know, I, it, I, because I was getting my master's in English, uh, I did take a bunch of courses in education, uh, but because I was offered this job, I never really completed the student teaching experience, um, or I never had a student teaching experience. I went to all in New Jersey is called the alternate route. Um, so I completed all the coursework to be a teacher, but I never completed student teaching. So I, I had this idea in my head. Obviously, I had this idea in my head that I was going to teach, but you know, for the first time, someone was like, "Hey, come in and teach a class." I just thought that's so random. Like, there's going to be kids there. I, I just thought it was going to be an interview, and that was it. So this would be my actual first time in front of a class, a full classroom of students, not just four or five. You know, some some interviews they'll do that, or they'll if it's the summer. Obviously, they're not going to have kids, so they just throw a bunch of administrators in your room and pretend like you're teaching, you have to pretend like you're teaching. Um, but this was like, it was during the school year. Um, so they were just like, Hey, come on in. <laughs> so I had this activity. It was, it was a really short one I got from one of my college professors where she threw a word on the board. Um, and just like, you know, rock, uh, chair, table. And so she asked us to just say what the first thing that came into our heads. Um, so I was just like, yeah, maybe I'll do something like that, and then I'll jump into a poem. You know, and that way we can talk about symbolism in the poem, but I'll have this little activity before. I think it was a poem by Dylan Thomas. So I did it. You know, I wrote the word ghost on the board. You know, I turned around and said, yeah, what comes into your mind when you, when you see that word? And so <laughs> I was really shocked at all their hands. I mean, it was kind of an easy question, right? But sort of what I was going for, and everybody's hand just shot in the air. And I just thought, wow, you know, these children want to, you know, they want to answer my, there's not going to be two or three people, and they just don't care. They're super eager, super excited, and they all raise their hand. And in my head, I just you have so many doubts and insecurities, and teaching is it's a performance in front of a bunch of people. You have this 
idea in your head that you can do it, but you never actually think, like, yes, I can do this. And that was that moment for me. I just thought, this is not that hard. Um, you know, you worry that they're going to judge you and not like you. And there's just a million things that can go wrong. You think they're going to misbehave, you know. And so that was a kind of light bulb moment for me. In my head, I just thought, this is not only can I do this, but this is going to be fun. And I didn't even get to the to the poem, actually. I, the bell rang. This is an interesting fun story. Funny part of the story is that when the bell rang, now I'm used to it, right? The bell rings all the time at school. It's super loud. You, you know when it's coming. But for somebody who hadn't been in a school, an actual school, well, you know, college, but they don't have bells there. And I was standing right underneath the speaker thing that sounds the bell. <laughs> definitely cursed under my breath. I don't know if any of the students heard me laugh and just didn't say anything. But uh, I was just so shocked that it happened. But either way, I didn't even get to the poem. I just did this symbolism thing the whole time. And I remember that this department chair came up to me afterwards. She's like, that was so crazy. I, I've been trying to get them to, to think about symbolism for years. And I just feel like this English teacher talking about it. And, and you, you really, I'm probably going to do this in my class. I, this is a great idea. I can't believe how, how much fun that was. So I, that, was, that was good for me. That really helped me. I think I'm sure people have a similar experience student teaching where, where things kind of click. But for it to click right away like that and to get a really great feedback like that from somebody where I really didn't get any feedback at all about my teaching, that was huge. Um, but on the other hand, there was I have another story where uh, there was a you know, position available at a, a public school. I just figured I was always wanted to go to the public school route. Always enjoyed public school. I just figured I'd somebody let me know about it, and I just figured I'd try this, see if I get this position. It wasn't a big deal. I already had the job, um, and they asked me to to just again similar kind of thing. They said just bring something in that you really like and teach it. We'll have a couple of students there, a couple of administrators there. And I brought this, they, they told me the course was social justice, and I just thought, hmm, let me try to bring in something that is related to that, maybe that will impress them, and it, was just, it wasn't something that I had taught before, something I, <laughs> I don't know why I did that, because I was teaching at the time, that, you know, it was kind of a mistake, I should have taught something that I taught before. You know, when you're in this situation where the students haven't read the novel, you really have to pick, pick something that's really fun and We'll, we'll start a good conversation. And it just, it, I failed. It was just a bad, I could feel it myself. I wasn't even myself really as a teacher because I just knew that the, the kids didn't seem interested in it. They weren't as eager as they were in this original activity. I don't know why I didn't just do that original activity that I did in my first interview because it went so well. But I just, when you're that age, you just don't really think too much about things. You just kind of do them. And, you know, it was a learning process. Um, so here's, here's three main things. And I guess I'll tell a couple stories throughout, but the three main things that I've learned from looking for a job, uh, there's th just, th I tried to narrow it down to just three main things so, so people don't have too much to remember. So the first main thing that I've learned, that I learned was pursue any and all contacts you have in, in, in education. Even that story that I just told, again, it was somebody who just approached me. It was uh, somebody I'd worked with before in the summer and they said, oh, my dad works at this school. Uh, they need somebody mid-year. You should go in and just just interview, see what happens. Um, so that it's it is true. It's kind of unfortunate, but it's true that 
a lot of jobs come from people that you know. People don't, I think they don't want to hire a stranger. They'd rather have somebody vouch for you. Um, so again, that's kind of unfortunate for people that are just looking for a job, you know, without any contacts. But but you should, it's, it's, it's education, right? So you should have some contacts. You went to school, you went to college, you know, those, those professors you had know people in schools, maybe, uh, you know, you might have teachers that you know, your parents have friends, whatever it is. Um, so always pursue those contacts. I actually, one summer I drove, <laughs> this is one of those things that when you're that, when I was 20s, in my early 20s, I, I was just a lighthearted, fun, friendly, talk to anybody. I'm still that way. Um, but I was just fearless too. I didn't really think too much about what people thought of me. I, I was just, I don't even know why I was in the town that I grew up in, but I was in the town I grew up in randomly and was driving past my old high school. And I just thought like, you know, I'm just going to go in because I know the department chair, when I was a student in the school there, the department, chair, the um, head of guidance is, is now the principal. And I remember having one or two conversations with him. He was a friendly guy. And I just thought, you know, I'm just going to go talk to him. And so I just I randomly decided to pop in. I said, hello. I remember I was wearing a, a yellow t-shirt and like flip flops. It was a really hot July day. It was like, I was kind of sweaty. I probably smelled. But again, I just didn't, I didn't care. I just figured I'm going to go, you know, talk to, talk to the principal. I didn't set up an interview or an appointment or anything. I made it quick. I was really friendly, you know, just had a couple of laughs talking about, you know, job I had in Philly at the time. I just, you know, didn't even, I didn't even actually, I actually didn't, I guess I, I had some intention that I was going to ask him about positions. I didn't really ex care if there were or not, and that maybe he, he kind of got that sense from me. But I, at the end of the conversation, I think I was about to leave and I said, hey, are there any positions here just out of curiosity? Because I already had a job, so it wasn't like, you know, that big of a deal. Um, and he eventually did put me in contact with his wife, who who, who was the department chair where I work now, and and, and she hired me. So. Yeah, you know, that's just funny to look back on, right? You have to kind of have that attitude where, you know, there's certain things that you that you need to do. They're just not going to it's it's not going to be a plan. Sometimes you just have to follow your gut, do something, say something, but always be friendly and be nice. Um and and definitely like I said originally, pursue any contacts that you have. Number 2, and I kind of touched on this already, number 2 piece of advice is just relax and have fun. It's the biggest, it's a, it's a big thing. It's a big deal to, to go into for a teaching job. You obviously want to impress them and sound smart and be intelligent, but you're a like, you want to be a teacher. So you have to have this personality, this teacher personality that is laid back and fun. And yes, very strict and earnest, but also uh, somebody that they want to work with, right? Um, so I'll tell another story after this <laughs> is going um, I, I went into an interview somewhere, and um, when I got back to my car, I was like, sort of feeling good about it. There's some things I regretted saying or whatever. But I get back to my car, <laughs> and I look in my, my car window, the reflection of myself in the window, and I just look at my, my right collar underneath my suit jacket. <laughs> it's just popping straight up like, a, like an eagle's wing. It was just flying out there. <laughs> so I just like, and I didn't ever really took myself seriously. You know, I didn't get really upset or angry or 
I just thought like, yeah, that was a waste of time, you know, it'll be another interview. You know, I wasn't too worried about it back then. Um, a good part of, of that too is I kind of remembered one of the questions they said was like, use what's one word that describes yourself? Like you, what do you think? And I used, I don't know why, it was a terrible response, but I used the word hyper-prepared. <laughs> like, I always prepare. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know why I said that, it just popped into my head. But now the guy who said that he that he defines himself as hyper-prepared also can't prepare enough to just put his collar down before going into an interview. Um, so they probably had a good laugh at the irony of that one. And another story, though, I... I remember it was an hour away from Philly um, and had a conversation with, with a principal, I think the department chair, and went really well. We were laughing, telling stories, talking about books. Um, and I remember walking out thinking, you know, that went really well. That, that was a great interview. And the principal actually, he actually, like I'm not exaggerating, he actually ran, he was running out of the building like, wait, wait, wait. And he said, you know, we, we talked it over. We're kind of, you know, far along in the, in the interview process right now. And we just, we really liked you. We, we, we'd love you to, we'd all love to offer this job right now. Like we're kind of at that point where we just know that you're the one we want to offer the job. And I figured I'd run out here and tell you that. So, you know, we'll give you a couple of days, think about it. And uh, so that's, that's right. So that's, you have to realize there's some, sometimes you're going to slip up and sometimes you're going to be great. And it's gonna and it's gonna work out. So yeah, that's my advice: is basically not take yourself too seriously. And if you do take yourself too seriously, you won't be a pleasure to be around, right? You want to be a pleasure to be around somebody you can have a good conversation with. You know that they that they know that you'll be able to have good conversations with with their students and groups or small groups and be flexible and um, you know you'll end up at the right place eventually, even if you make some if you slip up a little here and there. You know, laugh, smile, tell stories. And be yourself, not the next super teacher. They want to work with a human being who is willing to learn and be flexible, not a robot with perfectly prepared answers. Number three, this is the last point, is know and be able to express the value of literature. So this one is, you know, kind of speaking to the to, to the serious nature of your, you know, the responsibility of what you're doing. You have to really know. How important it is, you know, teaching literature. So while you're not a machine, it is important to prepare to speak at length about your favorite writers and the value of fiction and its place in the world. Um, great question. Interview asked me was it's, it was really simple. It actually wasn't related to literature at all. He just said, you know, why why did you want to teach? What what was the original reason? And so I just got paused. I thought, wow, that's. That's an incredibly easy question, but it's also incredibly complicated at the same time. My mind, to answer it, you know, my mind went, went way back. All the teachers in my childhood, these great teachers that I had that were full of life and energy and, and passion and personality. I thought about the literature. Like Elizabeth Bishop, I remember in college just really thinking, yes, I'm glad I changed my major to English. Like that, like, I remember reading The Fish and just and being blown away by it. By that poem, um, you know, and I thought about all the literature that inspired my my love of reading and writing. Um, knowing the the latest trends and, and buzzwords in education, like you know, differentiation, project based learning, those are not 
and so, you know, those are maybe good to know in case you get a question or something, but they're not as important as showing your passion for teaching children. It's not just literature, but also that teaching literature to children. Great literature can change a person's perspective and the course of their life. Now you just have to think, what book changed your perspective and your life, and how excited are you to watch a child experience a similar moment of transformation? So thanks for listening, and, and if you're interested, you know, maybe that really helped you. I'm hoping it helped you think about your, the, you know, all these interviews. Maybe you already had a couple of interviews. Um, but if you're still nervous about, you know, feeling kind of underprepared by college degree, your college degree, you know, you have a lot of sociology, education, you know, John Dewey's great. You know, there's, there's a lot of great things that, that colleges do to, to prepare you. But if you feel like college is, wasn't that practical, maybe your teaching experience was, was great. Maybe, um, your student teaching experience wasn't that great. Um, you can, I, I do, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I offer professional development courses on teaching English language arts in, in particular, specifically. Uh, so it's not just broad professional development for any kind of teacher. It's specifically for uh, literature teachers. Um, you can take that and, and that will, I think, help you. I mean, I have a course for new teachers and I have a course for, you know, sort of a course designed for, for more experienced teachers. Um, but those obviously learning about what I do in my classroom, why I do it. I do a lot of differentiation, project-based learning, podcasts, the different technologies I use in my classroom. I go over handling the paper load, how to grade, how to handle parents, how to, to be, you know, to, how much to get involved outside of class with your students and, and different after-school activities, things like that. I try to cover all the bases of teaching um, and specifically to my, my life and what I do is just teaching literature. So um, that's something that you can, you'll, you'll get credit, professional development credit for it. I mean, you're probably not that interested because you're not working yet, but it is something that you can list on your resume. Like, Hey, I, I did take this. And it's something you can talk about too. You know, I listened to this, this, this English teacher from New Jersey talk about teaching English and he has 15 years experience and, um, they might, they might kind of, that might you know, raise an eyebrow. Um, so you can, you can, again, you can go to the teachersworkshop.com and find out about some of those courses that I offer. So thanks for listening.